0: Of the summer in the Psalms, we've looked at two other Psalms already, and uh, we're looking at this one today, Psalm 98. We'll look at Psalm. Plan is to look at Psalm 106 next week. For those that like to look ahead, Psalm 106 next week. This uh, this Psalm is a Psalm of victory. If you wanted to sum it up as 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 you can, it is a Psalm of victory. And I don't know about you, but being a slightly competitive person, I like anything that talks about winning, and that's what this Psalm is talking about: winning, victory. This is a psalm of victory. Now, tell me, or or finish these lyrics for me if you can. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Good, stop. I don't want to hear anymore. No. So we sing that song at Christmas time, but that song is actually not talking about the first Advent, it's actually talking about the second Advent. Advent is the word we use for Christmas time because it's Latin. Uh, Adventus was Latin for come. And so we sing that at Christmas time. It's a it's a fun, great Christmas song, but it's actually talking about the second coming when Jesus returns. That, so, that song, "Joy to the World," is actually based off of Psalm 98. That's where Isaac Watts got the inspiration uh, for this song, and he sums it up well in that song. Really and truly, uh, the third verse: No, no more let sins and sorrows grow; no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground, because the thorns are linked with the curse. And when the second coming happens and Jesus wins it all, shows that he's already won it all, the curse is gone. The thorns are gone. Blessings will flow. The curse is far from us, he tells us in that in Jordan, the world. And the last verse I love, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. I love that. God is going to make people prove who he is. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I can't wait for that to come. That's what this song is about this morning. It is about the joy and the hope and the truth of the fact that Jesus has already won. And in his second coming, his second advent, he will more than prove that that is true. So as we read that this morning, keep that in mind. And when Christmas come, time comes around and we sing that come Christmas time, think about Psalm 98, maybe it'll link to you. you go read it again. You might need some joy that day. Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of the Lord. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Bre- break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre sing- with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the king, the Lord. Verse 7. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell on it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord, and may you do what only you can do, God. Would your Holy Spirit move in us and through us, God, and bring us to you, either for the first time through the wonderful proclamation of salvation, Lord, or through repentance to coming back to you and strengthening our relationship with you, God. Whatever the case may be, may your spirit work, may your work be done, may you be glorified, you and you alone, God, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, may you be glorified this morning through the preaching of your word and through the obedience of your people. And we prayed in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Verse 1, oh, sing to the Lord. Again, that was the NASB 95. That must be what Shane and Shane are using, because that's the closest to their lyrics that they use. Uh, and again, for those that are asleep at the beginning of the service, we already sang those words. You're going to start noticing that pattern on the songs that we have that go with them. But maybe by the end of the series, we'll catch on to that. <laughs> oh, sing to the Lord a new song. You sing a new song when something new's happened. Something's changed. Sing a new song. You know, it says all throughout the Psalms, sing a new song, sing a new song, sing a new song, sing a new song. See where I'm going? Sing a new song. It's okay to sing a new song. It's okay. I love the good ones. I love the ones that have been around for, some of my favorite hymns have been around for six, seven hundred years. Some of the hymns that I love. But it's okay to sing a new song. Nothing. matter of fact, it's clearly commanded. It's clearly commanded to sing a new song. So just keep that in mind. That's for free. Wasn't even, that, wasn't even, that wasn't even in the notes, Josh. You're welcome for that one, buddy. So right off the bat, right off the bat, he starts this psalm. The psalmist starts this psalm, and he settles it. Right off the bat, who are we singing to? Let's settle who we are singing to. Not a God, not a Lord, not a King. We're singing to Yahweh. We've said this over and over the last several weeks. When you, Usually when you, in English, when you see all capital Lord in the Hebrew or in the Greek, it was Yahweh. So we're going to get seven of y'all to know that before the end of the series. Okay. So when you see that, link that together. Yahweh, Lord, God, personal God, Yahweh the God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one and only personal, eternal, everlasting, ever-present, ever-powerful, creator of all. Yahweh is not just some word, Lord. Link it to what it means. It means the creator of the universe. That's who we're singing to. The God. The the God that calls you to call Him Father. It's such a powerful thing. The creator of all all humanity, all creation, all the stuff that cries out to him, the rocks and the hills and the rivers and the mountains, everything cries out to him. He calls you to call him Father. Not distant mean guy in the sky. Not, not judgmental killjoy. Father, and everything good that that word's supposed to mean. Man, dads, we got a big responsibility we got such a big responsibility. We are the earthly representation of that word. What a responsibility for us to be living out what it means to be provider and protector. Is there anything better than a good old big hug from your dad? I don't know that there is. That's who this God is. He created everything, but he wants you to know him as Father. What a God. He's really cool. and He wants you to know him. Through his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, which means the savior anointed is what that word was, what that means. Jesus, the Christ, this anointed savior. So how'd you come in here today? How did you come in here today? Who, who did you come in here to praise? Who who were you just singing to just a second ago? Who was it? We, or who were you not singing to maybe? I don't know. Where, where, where did you come in here with your heart? And it's okay if you came in here this morning. And you, it was all you could do to get through the door. And you didn't really come in here with much expectation. But let me make it clear. When you walk through these doors and we come into this sanctuary, we are here to praise one and only one, Yahweh, which is Jesus the Christ, the Creator God. That's who we're singing to today. That's who you gave to today if you did. That's who you served today if you, if you were up here or out there or doing something. Whether it's from Chad on the golf cart right now circling the building, making sure no knuckleheads are getting into your cars, all the way to the nursery, all the way to where I'm standing, and everything in between. That's who we're serving. And nobody's more important than the other when it comes to serving in the church and serving for the Lord. That's it. So, that's where we're at this morning. He starts that off. He wants to make sure we are here to worship Yahweh God, Lord God, Jesus the Christ. They are one and the same. If you're here this morning and you're in here or you're watching through the camera or you're skeptical skeptical of all of this maybe, maybe you walked in here this morning and you're just flat out not sure, you're just skeptical of whether or not this thing is real, whether or not it's true, I want you to know that we are here this morning to worship Jesus and only Jesus this morning. Period. End of sentence. Why? Because he's worthy of our worship, period. He is worthy of our worship. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful things. Not just because, he's done wonderful things. And he is victorious, holy, and righteous king. That's who he is. He is the victorious, holy, and righteous king king. That's why we worship him, because he's worthy of our worship, and he has proved it over millennia, and he continues to prove it in a daily basis for those who hear the word of the Lord and act in obedience to the word of the Lord. This psalm is titled, you may notice in your scriptures, A Call to Praise the Lord for His Righteousness. A Call to Praise the Lord for His Righteousness. Now, I said it's a psalm of victory. I believe those are the same thing. To, to praise the Lord for his righteousness and to praise him for his victory are the same thing. The title of this psalm and the title of these psalms, in general, are the same. That, that sums up these psalms. Praise the Lord for his righteousness. We get the English word psalmos. This is a, re, this is a uh, review from last July when we looked at the, at the, at the psalms. We get the English word psalmos from, from the Greek word psalmos which comes from the Hebrew word, mizmor, which that word is in 60 of the 150 psalms that we have, that word mizmor in the Hebrew. The root of that is zamar, which means to make music or to sing praise. That's what the psalms mean, to make music and to sing praise. Why do we sing every Sunday? Because the Lord says, make music and sing praise. That's why. Why does he do that? I have a million reasons to which I won't go into, or we'll be here forever like we were last week, and I'm trying not to do that this week. The title of the the whole book of of, of Psalms in the the Jewish tradition is Tehillim, which literally means praises or hymns. Same word. That's what hymns are, a song of praise. That's what it means to sing a hymn, sing a song of praise to the Lord. The whole book is about praising Yahweh, and this psalm is a short and sweet psalm of why... We should do that. He's gained the victory. He's, he's warrior God. He's God the warrior king. He has won the battle versus evil and therefore earned the right to judge all the earth. That's not something that we praise God for a lot. I, I haven't stood in a, in a pew very much or stood on a stage very much and said, praise God he judges. <laughs> I hadn't said that very often, but if you think about why that's a good thing, it's a real good thing. It's a real good thing. That's what we're getting to this morning. The song would have been sung. This song would have been sung after a battle, literally. A, like you know, we're kind of removed from all that now. Like people used to like fight battles for real, like swords and spears and rocks and punching and, and all that stuff. Over what? Well, all the stupid things we decide to fight wars over most of the time. But after they would have won a battle, they would have sung this song. It is a psalm of victory. It's a victory hymn. I love this song. Whew, I'm starting to get warmed up. Verse 2, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. God has the ability, he has the desire, and he has the will to reveal his righteousness. That, and what is that? What do I mean when I say that? His righteousness is putting right what is wrong. Why do we praise God for his righteousness? Because God's righteousness, his righteousness, can't exist in the same space and in the same time as evil, as wrong, as all the things that makes this life so difficult. Sometimes, now maybe I'm the only one who thinks like this. Maybe you are perfectly spiritual and, and perfectly holy and all that good stuff. And praise the Lord for you. Amen. You're awesome. You know, serve more, get do more stuff. But I think like this sometimes, especially through the years. I've settled this in my heart a long time ago, but. Sometimes it may seem like God's righteous standard is just too much. Maybe you have never thought that. Maybe you're better than I am. It's just too harsh. I mean, I mean, if God would, if he'd just lower his standard for us a little bit, wouldn't, wouldn't that be more loving? Wouldn't that be more accepting? Wouldn't that be what a good, loving God would do? Just, I mean, God, the standard's just too high. I mean, I'd reach it. If you just lower it a little bit, now you may not say those words outside and you probably won't admit you've ever thought that, but you've thought it in your heart of hearts. You've felt that way. That's what sin is. Wouldn't that be accepting and loving of God? Absolutely not. And here's why. Here's why you better be glad that God is holy, holy, holy. Because if he would allow it, then evil would exist forever. That's the whole reason... That He won't be a part of it. That's the whole reason that has got to be paid for That's the whole reason that we as sinful beings have to die Because if we didn't die in our sinfulness, then sin and Brokenness and hurt and pain would last forever. What a good God What a loving God. He's not mean He wants what's best for us if sin were allowed to exist forever, then there is no heaven there is no perfection he's perfect be thankful for it never let yourself fall into that sinful prideful that sinful prideful trap of man if God would just lower it just a little bit then I could get there no you stinking couldn't just thinking that you're already missing the mark absolutely not but he can't he can't do that he can't lower his standard he won't lower his standard he is holy and we should be so glad that that is true because the day it's coming when evil will be no more. Amen. That's why he's made his salvation known. It says here he's made his salvation known. So you can be saved from good and perfect wrath. Sin deserves it. Evil deserves a good and perfect wrath from a holy God. But he wanted you to be saved from that wrath. He made a way for that to happen. His righteousness... That will end evil once and for all, his salvation. That word is Yeshua we talked about last week. He's made his Yeshua, his salvation, known. And he's made it known to us through his son, Yeshua. Same word, different emphasis. Jesus has made known his salvation. That's why Shane and Shane's song that we just sang the first song. What they, they, those who looked forward to Jesus, only knew by faith we know by name. That's a powerful lyric in that song. What they knew by faith, we know by name. Jesus, the salvation. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm calming down. But it's still awesome. Those who have come to faith in the known salvation, Christ Jesus the Lord, Jesus the King, He's made His salvation known. We don't have to wonder how He's going to save us from His wrath. He has it he has shown it he has given that to us verse 3 he has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of israel all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our god here's that word again i told you it comes up all the time i don't just pick tattoos for no reason i think about them for a long time before i do them you see this is why i love it so much it comes up over and over and over god's faithful loving kindness his said hmm. I love to try to say that word correctly. I never say it right, but I try every time. It's all over scripture. That word, hesed. And said, came to earth as a man and made his loving kindness known to us all. His faithful loving kindness. When he says he'll do it, he'll do it. He's proven it. And he will continue to prove it. That's what that word means. He will never go back on his word. And he has promised to come again. So why worship him? because he is good as we looked at in the first psalm we looked at psalm 136 his faithful loving kindness endures forever and ever and ever amen so sing praise did you come in here this morning singing praise he's worth it you missed out on a good chance to do it verse 4 shout joyfully to the world all the earth break forth and sing for joy and sing praises yes sir let's go be jubilant, your English may say. Be jubilant, break forth in joyful songs. Same, same thing, same word, same meaning, same thing. Break forth in joyful songs. Sing praise, Bring, be jubilant, break forth. That means to, an outburst of delight. How many of you in those three songs had an outburst of delight towards the Lord? You missed an opportunity to worship the King of Kings. Break forth, burst out in delight. It's too great to be contained. The praise that we have for the Lord. God, you're good. God, you have victory. God, you, you are salvation. God, your right hand and your holy arm have gained a victory. Break forth in joyful song. Come in here every single week with a heart that wants to break forth in joyful song. You are king. You are Lord. Yahweh God, you are the eternal one who was and is and is to come again. Come on, Lord. We're ready. Sing praise. Jesus is king. Sing praise. You say, well, is it really Jesus? It's like Yahweh and it's that that mean Old Testament God, right? Is it really Jesus? Is it really him? This word here to shout joyfully is ruah in the Hebrew. Now, why does that matter? Well, jump over to Zechariah 9.9. Don't actually do it. It'll take too long. It's right here on the screen. It's the same word used in Zechariah 9.9. You say, well, what does Zechariah, Zechariah whatever Zechariah 9:9. <laughs> what is Zechariah 9 Well, I thought you, I thought you'd never asked, church. Let's read it together right here. Rejoice great, greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Shout in triumph. Same word. Shout in triumph. Shout in victory. Ruah, same word being used here. In the same context, your king is coming, righteous and victorious. And how is he coming? How is he coming? How is he coming? Humble and riding on a donkey. Now refresh my memory, because I forget things sometimes. How did Jesus enter Jerusalem in the triumphal victory, in the triumphal entry? How did he come? Anybody read their Bible before? Say it again. On a donkey. Zechariah, 600 years before Jesus did that. The victorious king rides in. The whole book, Genesis to Maps, is about Jesus. That's who we're here to worship. That's who we're here to praise. Same thing. That's the victorious king. Verse 5, sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre, and the sound of melody, with trumpets, and the sound of the horn, shout joyfully before the king, the Lord. The Lord, there again, means what? Hot dog. We got eight of you now. Use your voice. Use your instrument. Use your voice, use your instrument, use music, and shout joyfully to the King, to the Lord, to Yahweh. Jesus is King. Should we have instruments in the church? Only if we want to follow the command of the Lord. It says, well, it says the horn and the trumpet and the lyre. Well, they didn't have drums and piano back then. You want us to kick that out? You want us to stop playing the piano? No. Use what you have. Use what you have and sing praises to me. If you don't have an instrument, use your voice. If you do, use that too. I'm worthy, he's saying. I'm worthy, and there's power. There's power in it. Come together and sing to me. Sing to me. Tinder says it like this in the Tyndale commentary. So there are two levels to this this scene: One, God's day of power at his coming. The other, it's anticipation in every act of worship. The psalms we sing now are a rehearsal of And God's presence among his worshipers is a prelude to his appearing to the world That's what we get to come here and do every Sunday. That's really cool. It's rehearsal for heaven It's a prelude to Christ being among us in the flesh When our faith becomes sight that's what we come here on Sundays to do so dadgum wake up when we get here I know some Sundays are tough but there's a, lot, there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to praising Jesus Christ. And it has more. It's, it's more exciting than... I heard a Christian comedian say one time, I've served the Lord for 27 years and I've been excited about it every day. And he said, well, you should tell your face. Some, some of us, we need to open up our phones and turn into selfie mode. And I tell my face I'm excited about Jesus and then walk in with that face. Let's go. Verse 7. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world, those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. Now he turns to creation. After all, we are praising Yahweh, the creator God. See how it all works together? Why wouldn't the creation also join in on the course of praise to the Lord? Why wouldn't it? Of course it would. The praise from nature doesn't have the same artful articulation that you can have, but it still does it. It doesn't ever, to ever display the power of the creator God, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Paul tells us in Romans 8, which we studied in Lunch, Learn, Pray a few weeks ago on Wednesdays, a few weeks back. In verse 19, for the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. The created yearns for the creator to make the creation correctly. Everything God makes puts out sound. Everything. Every single thing. It is, it is groaning with anticipation for all things to be made right. Creation is eagerly awaiting the coming and the redemption of everything, of itself, of all of it. And then the last here. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Who's coming? The king's coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. I love that song. Miss, Miss Gray used to make me Whew, she just made me stand right there and sing that song. I want your voice to hit that back wall, she'd say. I was like, oh, I can't sing very well, Miss Gray. I love this song, but it's tough. Anyway, the king is coming. He's coming to put an end to all the evil and all the wickedness and all the sin and all the sorrow and all the death and all the tears and all the pain that's caused by Satan and his demons and by sinful man. He's coming to put an end to it. That's why his judgment is good. Because once he judges, it's Over, over, done with, you're either saved or you ain't. And if you ain't, it ain't going to be good. You don't want to be in an ain't group. You want to be in the saved group. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you there's a holy God coming to judge wickedness. And unless you know Jesus, you are wicked in his eyes. Because he is here and he refuses to let sin continue forever refuses. He will end it someday. Ecclesiastes 2.14, for God will bring every act of judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. It's all coming out. That's a scary thing. Hebrews 10.30, for we know the one who has said, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. John 5.22, the father in fact judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, because the Son has clearly earned that right. He's clearly earned that right. So we are praising a victorious King, Jesus the King, Jesus Yahweh, Creator God. That's who we come in here and praise. It's better than a ho-hum, mumbling, stumbling song. It's better than that. Sing it like you mean it, and not just sing it in here, but with our life. Sing it with your life. Praise him. Sing praises, a new song to the victorious king. He's already won. He's going to prove it once and for all. can't wait for that day to come. Philippians 2 sums it up like this. Make your attitude, your own attitude, that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. How dare us use things for our own advantage? Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man... In his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. And then that chapter finishes up like this. For this reason, for that reason I just read. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father victorious king praise him like you mean it church and if you don't know him you need to know him he's worth knowing he's worth giving up everything for you'll get so much more back and then some die to sin turn to christ make today the day of salvation the victorious king he's coming and when he comes and when he judges with the sword there's going to be a great reckoning when that happens and i'm ready for it come on josh One statement to finish it up, praise God who is righteous and holy. He's coming soon as the victorious king. Amen. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Father, we praise you this morning as the victorious king, the holy and righteous king, the king that refuses, that refuses God to let evil exist, that refuses to let evil continue, that refuses to let death and sorrow and pain and suffering and tears to continue, God. You're you're not mean. You're holy. Lord, we praise you for your holiness this morning. We thank you for your holiness this morning. Thank you, God, that you do not want evil to exist. But in your love and in your wisdom, you provided a way for us to know your salvation. Jesus, the son of the living God, the savior of all, he shed his blood to pay for our sin. Blood must, blood must cover sin, Lord. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But you made that way. You paid that way. You want us. You want us to cry out, Abba, Father. Father, Hosanna. Save us. Lord, thank you for that this morning. Thank you for the powerful, powerful, powerful word that you have given us. God, may we not take your word for granted. May we plant it deep, deep, deep in our hearts so that the things of this world have no sway on us, God, that we're not tossed to and fro here and there by the waves of this world and the whimsoms of evil and sin, but that we cling to Christ, that we cling to the Savior, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.